This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and use the J. Scott promo code when signing up to receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. I'm your host, J. Scott. And I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today is part two of Adam Bronson and applying for big game tags for hunting in Utah. It's going to be a great episode. I've gotten great feedback on the first episode with Adam and I want to thank him for being on Make sure to check out his websites at bronsonoutfitting.com and epicoutdoors.com. I wanted to point a few things out to you guys. I really appreciate all the positive comments and emails that I get at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. People always uh, text me uh, and call and send emails and ask, you know, what can the listeners do for me? Well, I can tell you what you guys can do. You can tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, This is a free podcast. Uh, We've got sponsors on the podcast, but to the listener, it's free. And uh, tell your friends about the podcast, and that's probably the best thing that you can do, uh, as well as listen to the podcast and download the podcast. But tell your friends. I really appreciate all your support and Uh, All the positive comments I get at my email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You guys can follow along our adventures. Uh, Dara and I have uh, had jscottoutdoors.com for many years, probably pushing 10 years now. Uh, That's kind of the main website. Our Colburn and Scott, that's C-O-L-B-U-R-N, Colburn and Scott Outfitters.com. That... uh, portrays a bunch of our guiding adventures. The jscottoutdoors.com website is hunting, fishing, everything to do with the outdoors. Um, So you can follow along there. Uh, I've got great support on Instagram at jscottoutdoors. Come find me. Uh, If you're on Instagram, uh, come find me on Instagram and my associate Dar at Dar, D-A-R-R, Colburn, C-O-L-B-U-R-N. We're also on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel, J. Scott Outdoors. Um, Come find us on YouTube. I believe we've got 22 or 300 subscribers and a couple million views on a bunch of different videos from elk videos, sheep hunting videos, uh, fishing, uh, coos deer, mule deer, uh, you name it, turkey. Um, It's on there. And I um, wanted to point a couple things out here. Um, people have emailed asking about the Western Hunter uh, promotion. And you'll hear an ad uh, on every episode um, talking about Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines. All you have to do is go to westernhunter.net forward slash Scott. And there'll be a box that says sign up to be entered to win a $1,500 Swarovski gift card. All you have to do is enter your email address. That's it. You enter your email address. You're entered into a drawing to uh, win a $1,500 Swarovski gift card. That's westernhunter, 
dot net forward slash j scott enter your email address and you'll be entered into the drawing i want to thank all of the sponsors of this podcast uh, for sure the title sponsor of this podcast gohunt.com insider uh, lorenzo and his crew over there uh, have been fantastic to work with since about the inception of this podcast and the uh, Go Hunt Insider has recently released their Filtering 2.0, uh, which is a phenomenal resource for people applying for uh, hunts across the uh, Western United States. And um, uh, the other thing that they've also launched is Draw Odds. And the draw odds have been phenomenal uh, for me trying to look at my Utah applications and trying to assess uh, which units I have the best chance to draw. And it is the most sophisticated draw odds uh, menu that I have seen. And uh, it's a phenomenal resource, so I encourage you guys to check it out. I'm going to be using it for the Colorado and New Mexico um applications coming up here soon and um this this part two episode with adam bronson is going to be phenomenal um i also want to thank our additional sponsors the outdoorsman's wilderness athlete western hunter and elk hunter magazines phone scope and utah hydrographics uh i have heard from a bunch of the listeners you guys uh telling me how much uh, you guys like the sponsors of the podcast and uh, I'd encourage you to support them uh, and thank them for their support of this podcast. So, guys, let's get right to the episode with Adam Bronson. And uh, this is part two. And uh, he's going to tell us more about how and when and to apply for uh, Utah big game uh, hunting applications. Utah Hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service and they are open to whatever you can dream up. Choose from a wide range of camel patterns, designs, and colors. Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips, helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it, they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at utahhydrographics.com or on Instagram at Utah Hydrographics. Whether you are interested in elk, deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, or moose, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines will bring the adventure to your mailbox. These publications feature articles on the finest hunting gear, tips and tactics from experienced hunters, field judging trophies, glassing techniques, calling strategies, and much more. To become a more knowledgeable and skilled hunter, subscribe today. Go to westernhunter.net forward slash jscott and enter your email address for a chance to win a $1,500 credit towards any Swarovski product. Adam, I want to talk to you about your friend and buddy and partner, uh, Jason Carter. Um, Talk about a mule deer killing machine. Um, Talk to me a little bit about you and Jason's relationship 
and um, you know the the partnership that you guys have and the love that you guys have for not only big mule deer but big big animals uh, that you guys hunt. Yeah, well, you know, Jason and I have, you know, we used to work together in a former employer, and you know, that's where we got to really know each other. You know, prior to me going to work for for him and his dad, I, I didn't really know him. It wasn't you know, like we were childhood or high school friends. I really didn't know him. But, uh, you know, over the last 10 or 12 years, I've gotten to know him really, really well and uh, obviously consider him a great friend. And, you know, we've been on a lot of great hunts together, both me with him and him with me. Um, and, you know, those times that you get to spend together, everybody has hunting buddies. And uh, I have a brother, too, that I'm very fortunate to have that's that's like that, that we get to spend a lot of great time with. Um, those those guys are special in your life, and Jason's one of those guys for me. He he is. You described him right. When it comes to mule deer, I, I can't think of a person uh, uh, that's done more with the tags he's had, um, and predominantly all self-guided, than he has. And he puts an exorbitant amount of time into finding and researching areas and bucks to hunt. You know when he's he has jumped around and, and, and taken a tag in Arizona, you know, when it came. And I was fortunate to be down there when we found and killed this 272-inch deer in Arizona. And he most recently drew an Idaho tag. Last year he killed a 220-inch buck there. Um, but but he's killed the majority of those deer. He's killed here in Utah, his home state, and Nevada, which is the neighboring state right here. He's hunted areas and specific mountain ranges and, in some cases, specific deer. Uh, that he hunts year after year after year and has gotten to know some of these areas extremely well. And, uh, you know, he's been to Colorado and killed big deer over there too, but uh, he really has perfected ways of finding where big deer live and figuring out an inventory of what's living there and then just saying, all right, that's the one or two deer I'm hunting. And he doesn't get distracted. He hunts incredibly hard and for a lot of days. Um, you know, with my guiding schedule, I, I, I haven't had that time to, to do that. I wish I will. And I back up with my guiding schedule. I haven't had quite as much time recently to hunt big mule deer. And that, that's going to change, um, as we've started our new business, Epic Outdoors and whatnot the last few years. And that's, that continued to gain momentum. I'll be able to guide less and hunt more for me. Um, Jason hasn't got quite as distracted with with sheep and things maybe like I have, and I wouldn't call that a distraction because that's another true love of mine, but he's really focused on deer, and he's killed some big elk, both in Utah and New Mexico and some of these other states, but he's really keened in and focused on big meal deer, and, and that's really, you know, that really shows. That's that's what allows him to get the results he has. Great friend, as far as a business partner, um, nobody I'd rather be in business with, um, building Epic Outdoors. We got a lot of big things planned for 2016 that we'll un- unveil later in the year. So, uh, yeah, great guy and a great friend. That's great stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people wonder how guys like yourself and guys like Jason, uh, consistently produce. And I would ask you the question of if, is there one single thing that you can put your finger on, uh, that that makes you guys successful at digging those big deer out, you know, and finding those big deer and staying on them and getting them killed? Well, the first thing 
it's, it's somewhat obvious, but but it's you gotta be hunting where they're at in a unit or an area where they are. Don't you can't waste your time in places that don't have them. And then the number one thing, and I will uh, I would say Jason would probably say this if you asked him is you've got to invest the time, and that's scouting and learning these deer, where they bed, where they live, you know, year to year, and spend the time and hunt them. You know, there's been sometimes he'll hunt 20, 25 days on a tag and eat it. And, you know, nobody hears about those times, you know. When they they hear about or see the ones on Instagram or whatnot when he kills them, but they don't hear about the ones where he doesn't, and he put in just as mount, uh, just as much of time and effort into them. So, I would say the number one thing is it takes time. You you can get lucky on tag. You can show up sometime, hunt the rut somewhere, and the rut takes care of it, and a big buck falls in your lap. And trust me, whether it's myself or Jason, you take those when they come when you get a tag in a place like that. But I would dare say he he would say the same thing. You manufacture your own success by product of how much time you put into it. And that's that's what I would say is the single biggest factor. Yeah, and I would agree with that as well. I think a lot of people that don't get to spend that time, you know, a lot of times they put real successful hunters like yourself and Jason and others, you know, up on a pedestal and they say, oh, they're just such an unbelievable shot and they're, you know, they they have unbelievable glassing skills and, you know, they're, they're superhuman hunters and, and all of that. And, and a lot of that may be true, but a lot of it, too, is a time aspect. And, and you know, you you make mistakes. Jason make mistakes. Uh, I make mistakes. A lot of these great hunters uh, that, that have a lot of success, they may not necessarily be the best shot in the world. They may not necessarily be the best glasser you know, the number one glasser in the world, but they have a combination of all those skills. Um, but I think persistence and time uh, and determination are all factors that make guys like yourselves uh, good at what you do. Um, we're all human and we all make mistakes, but, but it's those that are able to, you know, stay on task, stay focused and get pounded in the dirt day after day and keep coming back and not make excuses, but just keep on it and keep determined on a certain deer until you kill it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's stories where you've missed deer and he's missed deer that a lot of other people say would have made the shot. Um, you know, there's always circumstances that maybe you, you, you didn't come through, but the ability to not uh, get off track and stay focused is a huge characteristic, I think, in guys that are successful. Yeah, there's a lot of things when we're out there hunting that can go wrong, and it takes a lot of things to go right for it all to come together. And, and it's even magnified more if you're hunting with, say, a muzzleloader or a bow. Everything has to go right, and you can stalk the same deer three, four, five, six times before finally maybe you get in position for a shot, and then, you know, you know, something still goes wrong. Puff of wind blows it. So, yeah, you, you've got to be able to shake it off and just say, this is the one or two deer I'm hunting, and uh, I'm, I'm going to the end, and this is what I'm doing. A lot of people, I think, throw in the towel, and it's easy to get frustrated. Or, you know, admittedly, some people maybe that don't have um, the ability to, to take as much time off in the fall and have a job and, and family and all that, but that's, you know, a real-world job, a 9-to-5 or whatever else, or a business they got to get back to, it's hard. I understand it, and I guess that's one fortunate thing that as we've – broke off and 
decided to, you know, start our own business through Epic and, and me guide. I mean, when we answer to ourselves, that's allowing us to, to now have a little bit more latitude on, hey, hunting is important to us and, and we're going to do it in the fall. So um, we we set up whatever we want to do as a career and business around that. And uh, obviously we understand that that's not everybody's situation, but uh, um, it still goes back to time. You can get lucky on a tag here and there, but consistently don't count on getting lucky and killing big deer over and over and over. For sure. For sure. Before we get into sheep, I wanted to clarify one thing with deer in regards to muzzleloader. Um, the, the muzzleloader changes that you talked about, they, uh, they apply to elk and all the species, correct? So now you can use a scoped muzzleloader, uh, whereas before you couldn't. And tell me some of the ramifications, uh, you know, how that will affect deer hunting. Yeah, that, that was a equipment regulation change so it affects everything if you antelope deer elk sheep everything so yeah it, it isn't unique to this specific limited entry hunt or that one and you know on some of the limited entry hunts i, I think it's going to make people a little bit more effective and and lethal with their muzzle loaders so they can be more precise with their shot i hope it doesn't turn into a a long range lob fest with the uh, you know muzzle loader hunters lobbing long-range stuff, uh, you know, they just aren't centerfire guns and carry as much energy at long ranges as centerfire guns do. Um, I, I think it probably has the most potential impact on general season deer hunts. Again, we got 85 or 90,000 general season deer tags. Not all of those are muzzleloader tags, but I, I think that's where you could probably see the numbers um, add up more in terms of the impact of, on the resource. Again, limited entry, set number of tags on the Henry's, 10 deer tags. You're killing 10 deer with the older eggs and 10 deer with these. Uh, it just might make somebody maybe might be able to stick it out for that one number one buck versus go to his backup number two or three quite as early in the hunt. Same thing with the elk. Um, so I, I think it'll help people be more effective. I don't think it's going to hurt the resource that much on limited entry hunts or obviously once-a-lifetime hunts that won it all, but General season deer, I'm a little concerned because I think the muzzleloader hunt now, the deer are a little bit more out in the open. They're, you know, late September, it's before the rifle hunt. I think they're they're going to have a lot higher success rates, and I just hope that's watched and factored in when they set quotas for that hunt in the future. Sure. Uh, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to talk about sheep in Utah. Tired of paying for opinionated hunting consultants and out-of-date information? Spending hours reading rules and regulations? Applying for tags and not drawing? We were too. So here at GoHunt.com, we came up with a solution of our own. With the information of draw odds and filtering 2.0 in GoHunt Insider, you now have the most reliable hunting information on the market to date. Choose the type of hunt you want, when you want it, and we'll provide you with the rest. We'll also bring you plenty of other game-changing features you won't find anywhere else. So use someone you really trust to find your next hunt, yourself. Visit GoHunt.com slash insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8000. 
888-888-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. Okay, Adam, I want to go over uh, applying for sheep in Utah and some of the different units and the ins and outs of sheep hunting. Uh, so can you walk it, walk me through uh, sheep hunting in Utah? Sure. If you're a non-resident, you can actually apply for both um, desert sheep and the Rocky Mountain sheep and accumulate a point for each each year. Us as residents have to pick one once-in-a-lifetime species to apply for and one limited entry species. And that's, to some extent, kept our resident odds better because most people pick something and stick with it until they draw and they don't accumulate points for everything else. Where seven years ago, when non-residents, well, when everybody was forced to buy a hunting license at the time of application, I think they were scared non-residents were going to throw in the towel. And that's when they allowed non-residents to, hey, let's let them do every species so we'll keep them interested in our state and spend their license money and whatnot. And that's essentially really just diluted that. The once-in-a-lifetime tags in Utah were already very tough to get. And they're just they're just tougher because now everybody's putting in for everything. And, uh, you know, we only issue three or four desert tags to non-residents and three or four Rocky Mountain tags to non-residents every year. That's not very many compared to a lot of the surrounding states. The odds are steep. Um, we don't have quite as big a sheep as some other states either. Um, the experiences are, are fantastic. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, take eight or ten hunters a year up here and, and get my sheep hunting fix with them since, uh, you know, most people only draw, get to draw one or two of their own in their lifetime. Um, the Zion and the Kaparowicz unit are probably almost neck and neck in terms of quality rams in Utah right now. Definitely you're hunting 160 to 170 class rams with a chance for a slightly better chance for maybe something a little bit better than that. Um, the San Rafael Desert Unit in Little Estate is just, just an opportunity, a nice desert hunt. They just don't have the genetics or get as big a ramps there. Um, our Rocky Mountain units in Utah right now um, we're, have a little bit of trepidation with what's going on in the Desolation Canyon area, specifically on the east side, the Oak Cliff South Rattlesnake Unit. I would probably somewhat steer away from that unit right now. We hunted it last year, took a couple rams off it. One was a real big ram, but saw dramatically lower sheep numbers, almost no lambs, a few sick and coughing sheep showing up. We've done a survey here recently, and yeah, we, we've had an event go through there in the last year, and uh, hopefully it's to the point we're maybe bottoming out, but you never really know there, but that's on the book cliffs south, and that is open to non-residents. Um, um, it's normally been probably the best unit in the state. I just would... I would apply there with caution. The age structure rams there is quite young from what we saw after we took the rams we did. So Nine Mile Range Creek is, is is just the unit to the west there. It's probably safer. There's always been more sheep. There is more sheep still. Um, we're, we're all kind of holding our breath and, and, and seeing hopefully uh, nothing you know spreads throughout that west side of the Green River. Um, the Newfoundland Mountain up in the northern northern part of the state is, is technically California bighorns. That's on the non-resident docket. Um, very, very easy hunt. Not big rams, 150 to, to maybe low 160 class California bighorns. But anybody can hunt that. Anybody can do it without a guide. Um, and, you know, any physical limitation. We've had 
14-year-olds and 87-year-olds draw that in the last several years, and, and they've all killed rams. So um, great sheep hunts, uh, just very, very steep draw, drawing odds. For residents, uh, we have a lot more options as well. And, uh, you know, if you're a resident and have a bunch of points or consider something, feel free to, you know, go to bronxmountfitting.com or get my number for the website or something like that and call me. I'll do something up there. Awesome. Um, you guys uh, had some great rams that you killed uh, last year. Um, tell me about some of them. Uh, yeah, we took, took uh, about six deserts and, and two Rockies here in Utah this last year. And I, I would say probably the one I'd hang our hat on is the well, ram of the year if we issued such a a title, which we don't, it would, would probably be the Rocky we did kill on the Book Cliffs Rattlesnake with the statewide uh, sportsman tag holder, which is equivalent like to Arizona's raffle tag. Um, but uh, we took that ram in early November. We'd been hunting there for about a week um, and uh, just just got a break finally that night. I'd been to a spot that I'd been two or three times, just rechecking some views and uh, Caught this ram on the skyline coming off a big bluff, running a U down off the cliffs, and, uh, and it didn't take long. He was, uh, you know, he's, you know, 37 inch plus long, 15 and a half inch bases, and, uh, that's a really, really good ram for Utah. You know, uh, mid upper 170s class ram, and, uh, you know, we we're very happy to kill that ram. And over the course of the next week or so, as we had the other hunter there, um, you know, and saw or, or didn't see, I should say, what we you know, were more accustomed to seeing on that unit. We even felt better about killing a ram like that in Utah, one of the best Rockies killed in the state. So, um, killed a couple great deserts on on the Zion um, and some other units throughout uh, southern Utah, and had some great hunters. Um, you know, to some extent, some of our units are, are very, you know, steep, rugged backcountry backpacking units. And others aren't, and uh, so to some extent, um, any limitations can get magnified depending on where you apply. And so that's why I just say, if anybody's unsure, um, it's good to ask before because some units definitely aren't cut out for everybody. But on the non-resident scale, the Zion, the Kaparowitz, um and uh, San Rafael, those there's portions within those units that anybody can hunt. So there's really no red warnings on any of those, nor are there with the Rocky hunt. Okay, um, I want to ask you some questions about uh, the other animals, the other big game animals, uh, you know, mountain goat, antelope, uh, some of the other animals that you can apply for in Utah and maybe just have you cover those briefly. Yeah, you know, antelope is kind of the more forgotten. We don't have a, well, we have a lot of average antelope in Utah. There's a few great bucks killed kind of sporadically around the state, but it's just an opportunity type hunt, fun hunt, as most antelope hunts are. They're not anything like an Arizona tag or anything like that. As far as mountain goats, uh, they've never been better in Utah than they are now, and, and that's evidenced by the number of tags, the number of units that are just scattered all over, and um, most notably the two units that have done incredibly well are the beaver and the Ogden Willard Peak, and they have discontinued the nanny hunts on those for non-residents this year. That's primarily due to the fact that they've been removing goats from those units to transplant to Mount Dutton and the LaSalle's, which is a good thing. We'll open up those units here a few years down the road. So mountain goats, 
there's never been a better time to hunt mountain goats in terms of numbers and options. And uh, we do kill um, really nice goats up here in Utah. Um, moose, kind of kind of on the other scale of that. Uh, most of the moose in Utah, as well as maybe southern Wyoming, have experienced some disease issues, and their numbers are down now, although I'm hearing from people in northern Utah where our moose are that they feel that that trend's reversing. Um, you know, we do have good good Shiris moose. You know, the Wasatch or the North Slope are probably the best units for non-residents to consider. And we only have two or three options right now for non-residents you can put in for. Um, that brings us to the bison. Um, Utah is unique in that it's one of the one of the few states that has a free-ranging, you know, bison herd in it uh, on public land, uh, not on your ranch or something like that. And do uh, the, the the bison were brought to the Henry Mountains in the 1940s from Yellowstone Park before any of the Yellowstone Park bison contracted brucellosis. So the Henry Mountains are continually tested every year through hunter harvested animals as well as sampled by the division and are one of the um, purest strains of bison in North America still and genetically pure free-ranging and brucellosis free and they are wild it is not a drive around and pick which one you want huh it is a real deal and anybody that wants to shoot a wild free-ranging bison that's at it for ten dollars um they have had some bison they've moved to the book clips um over the last five or six years those have taken and now you're starting to see hunts up there and so that's another unique animal we don't have issues with our bison like some states do. I know even Arizona with Grand Canyon or Yellowstone Park factoring into the Wyoming or Montana hunts. So these are just wide open tracks of public land and um, you're thrown back in the Wild West and, and hunting something that's uh, kind of an icon of the American West. Very, very um, unique species and kind of a throwback to an old era. Yeah, that's um, that's awesome. The the Henry's uh, buffalo that just sounds like a very cool hunt. Yeah, it is. We've accompanied hunters on that. We don't always do it, but generally because of our amount of time we spend there earlier hunting deer and scouting deer and and, and on those hunts, you know, people have access to take them, and as our time allows, we we do that. It's it's fun until until you get one on the ground, and then the fun immediately is over. <laughs> They're big animals, I know. Um, We've hunted them some down in Mexico. There's a rancher down there that that uh, has them, and they brought them in over 40 years ago. And they're free-ranging uh, buffalo. They're not high fence. They just happen to have one big, big mountain there on a big giant ranch, and they just stay right there and you know run all over that mountain. And um, man, it's great hunt until you get them on the ground, like you said. And they're giant animals uh, for sure. Um, I wanted to. Uh, transition a little bit into conservation tags. Um, Utah is unique in that there's conservation tags. So for people listening uh, that that say don't have points or even if you're applying and have points but you'd rather just uh, purchase a tag, uh, talk to me about conservation tags, maybe how they got started and, and walk me through that process. Yeah, Utah um, allocates approximately 5% of our big game tags. Well, they have them for turkey and cougar and bear too, but uh, most people are more interested in the antlers and horned big game species. Um, to nonprofit wildlife conservation groups, 
such as the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Mule Deer Foundation, Sports for Fish and Wildlife, Utah Safari Club International, Utah Fanaz, Utah Bowmans. I believe that's most of the groups that are awarded tags. And the whole idea behind these is to raise earmarked funds for projects, predominantly habitat-related, but can be, in the case of sheep and goats, you know, transplant-related and things like that. Research, a lot of our deer and elk collaring studies, our deer transplant studies, our urban deer capturing programs are going on in Salt Lake, and uh, relocations are paid for by these conservation permit dollars. And, you know, there's people seems like this is a pretty black and white topic. It seems like you're either for it or adamantly against it. And, um, you know, it's not really for me to here to argue that, although I, having been a biologist with the state of Utah um, for about five years prior to just uh, uh, pursuing other interests in my life, I know the benefits, you know, that this program gives, and 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 how I serve as the president of Utah Foundation for North American Wild Sheep, and the sheep program in our state and and almost every other state is entirely funded by the sale of our conservation permits. Sheep are expensive to manage; they die. They're they're susceptible. They're fragile animals. They just can't be left alone. And just when you think they're doing great, um, watch out; something's probably coming, and it usually does. And uh, that's that pattern's not unique to Utah. That's all over the West. And so being that uh, they are so fragile, you know, these these tags that are sold are 90% of that money is all earmarked and has to be go back on the ground to benefit that species in Utah. That money can't be spent in other states. It has to stay in Utah. These groups that get the tags are all 501c3 um, charitable wildlife conservation organizations. They're allowed to keep 10% of the sale of each permit for marketing. And and I would argue that, that that's what they're in business to do. These groups are in business to market hunters, hold conventions, banquets, and this and that. And 10%, in my opinion, is, is more than fair considering they probably generate, um, you know, that much or more in excess of, of, of what they would have sold if you just said you had a parking lot sell at the Division of Wildlife. Um, I, uh, they have them for every species. Obviously there's a lot of people that say, well, it's just for the rich. And to some extent that that's true. Um, they don't fall into everybody's price range and that's, that's, that's a reality of it, but it's a way for somebody who perhaps doesn't have a lot of points or has burned their points or wants to, you know, buy a hunt for a family member, um, or whatever to look at attending one of these banquets and buying a permit. Uh, they're tax deductible for the people that buy them. A lot of business owners and that will be able to write them off. And Utah, if you talk, take a poll from a lot of the Western state fish and wildlife agencies, and I get this feedback from them as we visit with them, although they don't freely admit they wish they had the program and maybe some of the scrutiny that comes with it, I not one of them isn't envious of the amount of dirt that Utah has been able to turn over the last 10 years as this watershed initiative and the, and the um, mule deer restoration programs for mule deer winter range, pending juniper removal, all that have taken. But um, if you just drive throughout Utah, it's a totally different place on our winter ranges than it was 10 years ago because of the amount of money that's been able to use from conservation print money and then matched with with Pittman-Robertson or 
Forest Service or BLM money and doubled or tripled in value and go do large scale thousands of acres of program, uh, thousands of acres of wildlife habitat projects. So I, I see the benefit of this program. I, I don't have a problem with the, with the few getting an opportunity to do it. Um, because I, I believe that it's making it better for me and everybody else. I firmly believe that. I'm not just regurgitating something. I, I see the long-term benefits of our rangelands, of our habitat, and of the species that we're putting these money uh, into. And, you know, to get past the short-sightedness of, hey, Joe Blow shouldn't be able to buy this or that every year if he wants to. So, anyway. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there's... Uh, the the reality out there that our state agencies just don't have the funds to do all of the things that are necessary. And so, you know, from an outsider looking at the, the, the way Utah does it and from friends living in Utah and from what you've just told us, they've all been telling me that the habitat, uh, all the, the, the projects that have been done because of this money is outstanding and wildlife for many, many years to come in the future are going to be benefiting from that. And, you know, from an outsider looking in, uh, you know, there's so many people that are against hunting. There's so many people that we are fighting against. Um, you know, we need to band together and support each other and know that this money goes to uh, good cause and, and that we would, the state agencies don't have the money and the resources to do this kind of stuff. And so this is a, a very logical way in my mind to supplement and help uh, those habitat restorations and help these animals that we love to hunt. I would agree. You know, just, uh, you know, this day and age, we look, we're very passionate about our, our ability and rights and privileges to go hunting. A lot of people don't share that, and, you know, whether it be through the wolf attacks or through, you know, ballot initiatives for bears and lions or whatever else that will come down the pipe, there's a lot of attacks on sportsmen and what we love and do, and, and you know, hunters are the best conservationists there are. We funded ourselves for ever since fish and game agencies instituted licensing programs. We're the ones that, that pay for it all. Uh, this is just a little bit different way to do that, uh, allowing some to pay a lot more than others would have to pay, and uh, I'm I'm fine with it. And uh, I totally agree with the comment you made. But uh, you know, when it comes down to hunting, we all generally have the same goal. We want to see it continue for us and our kids and grandkids and all that, and be better off than even that it is now. Um, let, let's try not to be so um, polarizing and attacking of uh you know groups that that uh, maybe don't uh totally align with with our our vision in life and the way, way it should be done we've got a lot of other fights to fight that are real and, and coming all the time absolutely let's take a quick break here have you guys heard about phone scope PhoneScope is a privately held company that makes custom molded precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters Photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. PhoneScope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now. Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at PhoneScope. That's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com or on Instagram, at PhoneScope. 
Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance products. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in February 2016. I wanted to talk uh, specifically, Adam, about these conservation tags. And for those people out there listening, if they're interested, uh, they can contact Adam for more information. But kind of wanted to go through elk, uh, sheep, uh, deer, um, you know, mountain goat, what have you, and kind of give me an idea of kind of rough price ranges, um, you know, on each, say, archery elk, limited entry, muzzy, uh, or, per, you know, give me the breakdown of, our, you know, are we talking, you know, 50,000 a tag or, you know, what are some of the rough ranges of price that most of these tags sell for? Yeah, I was just uh, bidding on some tags last night at one of these and, it, and uh, it, it varies. You know, the tags are generally weapon specific. So when you're bidding on an archery only tag, it always is going to go generally cheaper than the, any weapon rifle hunts. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of archery elk tags that you can pick up between five and 8,000 um, to hunt. I would call those mid-tier units, um, uh, the other units, well, like a Southwest Desert tag sold last night for 10500 I mean, that's that's a lot of money uh, for most people. Um, but it's but it's within reason um, when you consider what landowner tags are that go in Nevada or going for 15000 for elk tags. New Mexico for the better elk tags um, are going, you know, 65000 8500 not too far out of line, considering you can also write them off. Now, the early rifle hunts on, say, San Juan or Boulder, Beaver, all of these, these all, you're looking at probably mid-20s to 30 or 40,000. They only have maybe one or two per unit. And whenever you only have one or two of something, they just go for what they go for. When somebody wants something that's the ability to buy it, they they just sit they, they keep going. Um, but a lot of, I say, the rifle out tags for really good hunts. We can hunt three forty to three seventy bulls can be picked up for, you know, ten to eighteen thousand. And uh, deer kind of goes along with what I said earlier. There's just not enough great deer units in Utah to spread everybody around. And and since conservation permits are a product of five percent of whatever's issued in the public draw. There's not very as many deer conservation tags, and uh, you know Ponsagant tags or you know Oak Creek, you're looking at you know twenty thousand um, dollars, and that's a lot of money to hunt deer for a chance of the two hundred. I'll be the first to admit that, and I have reservations a lot of times in talking hunters into pursuing those because, um, frankly, there's you know a lot of opportunities around the West that probably give as good a shot for spending less on the deer, but. Um, it is what it is. Uh, the tags are going to sell. If you want to hunt Utah, that's the way to do it. Our desert tags, most every state gives a desert or Rocky Mountain statewide or governor tag, you know, just one. Um, Utah gives additional tags that are available for desert and Rocky Mountain sheep on a unit or a cluster of adjacent units. So instead of just having to buy a statewide desert for sixty-five to 85000 at that option, um, you might get a unit-wide tag for forty to you know fifty thousand, which for a lot of people they're looking to complete the, you know they're um, taking all four North American rams. 
you know, and they don't want to go to Mexico, that's the slot range and price range that is very comparable. And, you know, it's a tax write-off for them and uh, a very appealing tax for somebody who might want to want to look at killing just a nice representative desert sheep, 150 to 60 inch ram, and uh, keeping it in the states and keeping the money in the state programs. Our Rockies generally go in that 65 to 80,000 range, similar to like the Wyoming five governor tags that they have. So with sheep, you just don't have as many of them. And, and in the sheep world, you know, where it's the draw in every state, um, it's, you know, it's supply and demand really is what drives it. Antelope tags, there's a lot of good antelope tags you find for 1500 to $2,500, you know, turkey tags, bears, cougars, whatever, you know, buffalo tags, goat tags, you know, 15,000 um, goat tags it's on some of the better units can be higher than that. But uh, um, there's a few deals out there here and there that sometimes are had. If you have a slot range and a price range you're looking at, the comprehensive list is, is, of, of, and all the uh, specific groups that get them is on the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources website and the contact information for each group member or their website to call about the placement of those at their banquets is, is on that as well on the DWR Big Game page. Awesome. That's great. I wanted you to cover one specific thing there that you said. Uh, can Do you know specifically as far as a tax write-off how much of that tag uh, and maybe walk me through a practical application. Let's say if someone spends twenty thousand on a tag, uh, how much of that goes? Um, how much of a write-off they get, or how that works? And, yeah, and this is something I've had. You know, a lot of accountants from clients that I've looked at acquiring these tags for call me on this, and uh, you know, I've referred them to people even within the Division of Wildlife. And the answer that I repeatedly get, and and is repeatedly been given not just by me but by all these groups is that the auction price is all tax um, deductible because when you buy that you still have to redeem the voucher for the actual permit to the state of Utah and pay the appropriate resident or non-resident license fee and those established resident or non-resident license fees um, that are in print in the regulations or charged are charged to thousands of hunters every year is the established market value of that permit. Um, you know, $1,500 for a sheep tag, you know, $795 or $800 or whatever it is for a non-resident elk tag. So you still have to pay that to the state after you buy this voucher opportunity conservation permit. So that portion wouldn't be because that's just the permit you're purchasing. But the auction price uh, that you purchase uh, uh, is is fully deductible because that's above and beyond that established um, permit market value for the resident non-resident uh, fee in Utah. So just to be clear, if someone had to pay $100,000 in taxes and they paid $20,000 for whatever voucher, they could they could now take that $20,000 off of the $100,000 that they owe, and now they owe $80,000, and they also have a voucher of uh, work for an elk or deer or whatever it is that they purchased for $20,000. Is that the, correct? The, they can claim the full $20,000 as a charitable contribution on their taxes. Now, okay. everybody, everybody's tax situation is different, so it, it, it never reduces your taxable liability by 100%, um, but it, it does reduce that, and so that's unique for everybody. Um, it may reduce somebody's tax liability to zero, um, but and it may reduce somebody's from, um, 
you know, by 30%. But no, it doesn't necessarily take that off. Um, you know, for those of you that do your taxes or talk to your CPA that does that, it'll go into the charitable contributions category, just like you donate into the Red Cross, the, you know, you know, people, any of those type of organizations, your church, your things like that. Sure. And so it will, you'll be able to write it off as a charitable contribution, but it may not be a one-to-one. It usually never is a one-to-one ratio of reducing your tax liability. It's a lot of people have told me it will reduce it 20 to 40%. So. Gotcha. Understandable. Okay. Well, that's, um, we've covered a lot of ground today and, um, uh, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, for the listeners that would like to um, get a hold of Adam, I'll give him a chance here to uh, let people know where they can find him. I enjoyed your uh, Instagram page. It's uh, at Adam underscore R underscore Bronson. A um, lot of great photos and uh, trophies and live photos and all kinds of good stuff on there. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's one way. The other way is just bronsonoutfitting.com. If you go there and you're interested, uh, you know, my, all my email and phone numbers are on there. Um, you know, if it does pertain to something maybe outside of Utah, applications or getting a tag out somewhere out of the state, getting a hunt set up somewhere, um, you can reach me at, uh, at my other business, Epic Outdoors. Uh, epicoutdoors.com is the website to that. It's probably the easiest way to drive you to that. And my numbers and everything, email and all that are there. So. And we will be, for anybody going to the Western Hunting Conservation Expo this next week, uh, we'll be there, booth 2945, and it's a great show, um, very good mix of the northern Canadian and Alaskan outfitters and the western um, big game outfitters. I really like this show, a lot of great friends, um, it's, a, it's a good mix of everything there, so stop by and see it if you come up. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm going to be up there the first two days of the show, and uh, I haven't been up to the expo uh, before, so I'm anxious. I just got back from SCI. I went for a couple days there, and I'm anxious to get up there to uh, Salt Lake, and I've heard great things about the show and uh, a lot of the great mounts and everything to see there, and um, so uh, that's exciting, and I just want to thank you for uh, being on uh, here and being a friend of the podcast, and I'm glad you were able to get an, a great deer, uh, coos deer, and um, I look forward to seeing you up there. And until next time, buddy, uh, God bless. And, um, uh, yeah, good luck with your applications here coming up in this upcoming application season. You too, Jay. Thanks a lot.